1: The Lord said, it it will start Sunday. And I said, okay. So sometimes we think, well, that means it's going to be this and it'll look like that and all that. Well, you know, the most important thing that ever happened on the planet is when Jesus was born as a baby in Bethlehem. Now, not the baby, but in other words, he made his entrance. I don't know if it was a Monday or Thursday or Saturday or whatever, but to everybody around there, except for a few people who had some enlightenment about it, it was just that day. The answer to all the world and the creator of the world to some was within a hundred yards and they didn't even know it. So we're not looking at who is and who ought, and we got people out today and gone places and all such as that. And, and I know the church has prayed this morning. I understood for Miss Maryland, her brother was killed last night. And so, uh, so we, uh, lift uh, her up in prayer and pray the peace for her family. And, uh, and I understand they've already, the, the guy who committed the crime against him, I think they already have him in custody. But anyway, so she needs, she needs our prayers. Here's the deal. So, uh, I've, I've got all these things and for a teacher, uh, in my gifts towards a teacher, it comes in so fast it can almost make you a nervous wreck. Now, for a preacher, they just you know whatever, but it's like I can't slow it down fast enough, and the Lord says I'm in a hurry. He says, "Think," he said, "I'm taking over. It's on my timetable." He said, "I'm taking it all over." Well, you, you have to preface that, and you have to understand this. Kind of, so, this morning, now I don't think I've ever got a word like this. The Lord said, "Go to Facebook." I said, "No, I ain't never got one like that." <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I never got a word like that. Now, I've told the church many times that I believe it's scriptural that you should have a Facebook account. I think it's it's biblical. I think in the sense of this is your face, and you ought to keep it in that book (laughs) called the Bible. And I think there's at least 66 friends you can start with from Genesis to the Book of Maps. The Book of Maps be the 67th friend. And then there's friends within the friends. So in that sense, it's scriptural. So this morning I went to Facebook, and, and uh, my, my first feed that came up was uh, Sister Sandy, Blue. That she, they've been here two or three times, and she was part of uh, our ordination uh, when Brother Wynn ordained us a few years ago. And their ministry is called, what, the Stone Throwers. And so they've ministered here two or three times. And uh, so she gave a word, and when she did, man, it went off on me like something wild. Because the Lord said, today is the day. He said, it's the day that I chose. And would you show that this is why?
0: Hey, guys. It's 1220 in the morning, September the 9th here in Texas. Uh, I'm about to call it a day. But before I I go to bed, I wanted to share a thought with you. I wanted to share something with you that the Lord laid on my heart this past week. Um, Some of you may not know it. Some of you may know it. Today, September the 9th at sundown, we'll begin uh, a new day, a new year on the Hebrew calendar. It'll be the year 5779, I-N-T-E-T. And in God's time, on His timetable, it's a new year. And that number Tet, or the letter Tet, stands for the number nine, and then the, it means good. And the first place that we read of the goodness of God or that it is good is in Genesis 1, after God has created the heavens and the earth, He looked and He said it was good. So that's the first place that we begin to see Tet used in the Bible. The symbol for tet is actually an open, a womb, uh, a womb giving birth. And the Lord took me to Luke 128 this week. I want to share the scripture with you. It says, and having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now, the reason I'm so excited about this scripture that the Lord gave me is because of this. We are entering a new season. We're entering a new year on God's timetable. I intet a year of birthing, a year of renewal, a year of restoration. And I'm excited because the Bible says that when he had come in, meaning when Gabriel had come in to Mary's house, he was coming in to announce to her that she was about to give birth to Jesus Christ who is the manifested presence of God in the earth. What am I saying? What I'm saying is to the body of Christ, to all believers and born born again believers are those who have reconciled their relationship back to God through Jesus Christ and the redemptive work that he's done through his blood. So to the body of Christ, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to come in. First of all, that's key. Mary had to allow Gabriel to come in and after he had come in he began to speak, you are blessed and you are highly favored. As we allow the Holy Spirit to come in in a fresh new way in our lives uh, this year. Ask God, to allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life in a way you've never experienced Him before. You're going to begin to give birth. You're going to begin to recognize the manifested presence of God all around you, a tangible presence, and it's going to look like all kinds of things. It can look like a healing. It can look like a financial breakthrough. It can look like a relationship restored and reconciled. Wherever God is in you, wherever we have allowed God to come into us and move through us in that situation, we're giving birth to what his word says concerning us. And too many times the world is quick to tell us who we're not. And the world is quick to say, define who we're not, because according to the word of God, that's who we are. So I want to encourage you There are seeds of greatness in every one of us. There are seeds of greatness in you. And this year, allow Holy Spirit to give birth to those things in you. The greatness of who God is inside of you. Let him work through you. So right now, I just want you to put your hand on your heart, and I just want you to repeat after me. I am blessed, and I am highly favored. The greatness of God lives inside of me, and everything that God says I am, I am. Everything that God wants to do through me, I allow him to do it and bring forth his greatness in the earth, his manifested presence in the earth, a tangible presence of who he is in the earth. Now, Um, remember this evening, remember what day it's a very significant day. I want to encourage you to remember it this evening when the sun begins to go down. Just pause and say, Father, I, I receive I receive every good and perfect thing that you want to do through me, every good and perfect thing that you want to, to bring forth in the earth in my life. I give you permission to move through me, to birth through me your spirit in this time. Have a good night's sleep. I'm about to go in there. I snuggle up with one of the grandbabies and have a good night's sleep myself. But I want to bless you, say thank you for hanging out and staying just a few minutes with me. Good night.
1: Wait. No. <laughs> that was a few hours ago that she did that. <clears throat> Don't you love technology? You know, A few years ago, we, we couldn't have done that. And uh, so here, here it is. Um, did y'all get envelopes? Oh, I'm sorry. Well, you need envelopes. If you need an offering envelope for the tithes and offerings, if you will, raise your hand. Praise the Lord. Good to have the missionary in the house. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. They had a successful trip. And so much more is just about to happen. How many walk ready to walk in new? Matter of fact, let's just be through the music, and uh, we'll start here. Go ahead, and you work with that a little while. Y'all remind me to receive that at the end, because if I don't, i have to send someone to your house this afternoon. (laughs) Now, I want you to hear what the Lord gave me, and then I found that about 10 minutes, or I was told to go to Facebook this morning, and I saw that, so... This is what's uh, been coming to me this week. See if you see. Uh, Y'all like that? So it's sundown. Today starts a new year on God's calendar.
0: Now let me find my own notes.
1: Okay. These are familiar scriptures to you. But they're in God's timing. Isaiah forty three says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now, now it'll spring forth. That scripture gets read a lot, we know it real well, and people use it a lot of times when they get tired of the old thing. <laughs> but there's a prophetical timetable for these things. He says, Now to spring forth, and I'll make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. First word of that means behold, or it says behold, doesn't it? King James for sure. The word behold means to stand in awe and be amazed. Why? Because this is something God's already done. Now, quickly, let me just give you some verses. We know that God is a God of action. Is that right? But his action, all his actions are based on his purposes. God doesn't have any activity never has, never will, that's not based on his plan, his will uh, in the earth f- for us, the church, individually and corporately. So God is a God of action, but based on purpose. Now, I, I, I don't turn to these because you won't have time, but I'll just give you the references and read them. The NIV, I think it is, Psalms 3311 says, The plans of the Lord will stand firm forever. The purpose of his heart through all generations. The NIV uh in Isaiah 1424 says, The Lord Almighty has well, uh, I'm sorry, let me back up. Isaiah 1424, NIV says, Surely as I have planned, God says, It will be. Now remember, he's a God of action, but it's based on purpose. So he tells us, My plans is going to stand firm. They're gonna stand firm forever. The purpose of his own heart through all generations. Now, I'm in Isaiah 14, 24, so he says, I have planned what I planned, it will be, and as I have purposed what I have purposed, it will happen. Okay? How many know know that we're created for a purpose? Ephesians 1, 4, 5, verse 11 tells us that. And then Isaiah 46, 9, and 10 in the NIV says this, I am God and there is no other. I, he doesn't even mention a close second, by the way. To be honest with you, <laughs> he kind of just like, "I'm I'm God." That's it. <laughs> He's like, "That's right, okay. There is none other like me. I make known the I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times what is still to come, and I say my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please." Y'all with me? So I'm getting this stuff you know before I watched that uh, about an hour ago at home and we've just been stirring ourselves about reconciliation and restoration God restoring God's going to restore things to the body of Christ things that have been stolen from your life things that have been misplaced things that have uh, time has got away uh, things that the enemy meant you know harm instead of good things that he's tried to who de- depletes you of God is adding everything back. Now, there's scriptures all over from Genesis to Revelation to support this. If you were just doing a word study or a topical study, uh, we could be here all day, all night, tomorrow, the next day, and all weekend. We wouldn't even cover all that God, uh, encompasses and restore. But he's, he's completing it and he's delivering it to the body of Christ. Now, <clears throat> so, but this is how he led me today. And so he reminded me about Egypt, and he reminded me about Israel, and he reminded me about how his people were, were subject to bondage for over for 430 years. They cried out to God, and how God, I many of God hears the sincere heart? And he sent a deliverer because they're asking for what? Deliverance. So what does God send? A plumber? No. Did he send an electrician? No. If, if people ask for a deliverer, what do they get? They don't get a painter. They get a deliverer. So God chose a man who he didn't, the man didn't think he was qualified, but actually he knew a lot about Egypt. I just wonder if maybe if God had planned it that way all along. I don't know why God used Moses. He was was a basket case. If you know your Bible, you know that he was a basket case, right? (laughs) Right. And so God had had his hand on this thing the whole time. God already knew what he was going to do. God already knows what he's going to do. God already knows your situation. The Holy Spirit is fully aware of your situation. Uh, He he has all the updates. Not that anyone updated him. He knows about tomorrow when you don't know about tomorrow. He knows that you'd be walking in this before you know you'd be walking in it. He knew this thing would be facing you before you knew it would be facing you. He knew this heaviness in your heart would be there before you ever knew the situation would be there to cause the heaviness. And so he already has the answer. You know, it's like in the scripture, the whole chapter is really amazing when you read Psalms. Now you have to understand these people in the Psalms, sometimes you can get some oh, some of the most wonderful readings from the Psalms and the most joy and the peace from reading the Psalms. And sometimes you can get anguish because these people are a lot of times are talking out of their emotions. Now you've got to remember, none of these people had God in them like you haven't met them. You are the temple of God. And so the only one in the Old Covenant that had God, in that sense, was the prophet, the priest, or the king, or someone that God used for a moment. The Spirit of God would come upon him for a task and then go off. But but the Spirit of God lives in you and abides in you. That's why you don't pay that much attention to it, because something is with you all the time and in you all the time. Sometimes, unless you're practicing his presence, you become just very dull to it. And you ought to stir yourself up and never become dull to the fact, because no, no one in the Old Covenant, if you say, well, God lives in me, They would stone you. And we say that here, people say, oh, yeah, amen. (laughs) I mean, the the young man, when the ark was coming back into Israel, I mean, he just, they had it on the carts, you know, bring it from Obadiah's house, and he just tried to because The ark was going to fall, and it killed him. And what killed him is in you. The strength of that's in you. Your body is the ark of the covenant. Yes. So people say, oh, I think they found the Ark of the Covenant. Well, if they found you, they found it. <laughs> we're, we're, all, we're all the Ark. And it's not us. It's not this body that's so amazing, although we're fearfully and wonderfully made. But what's amazing is the holies of holies is living inside you. Therefore, it makes you holy. Makes you what it is. Okay. So God bring, He brought his people out and he brought them out with a promise. And so there's never been a generation that we know before or since that, that saw such mighty, wonderful miracles as was wrought when, when God delivered his people from Egypt. And uh, one of the most astounding things that I've read with this is Psalms 105, 37. And this is something that will, will bless you, especially if, you're, if you have need of these things. He said, he brought them forth with silver and gold, And there was not one feeble person among their tribe. Not one feeble among them. Imagine that. And he said, I'm bringing you out with silver, and I'm bringing you out with gold. And I'm bringing you out with raiment. And he said, there won't be one among you who's feeble. By all references, we assume there's a minimum of two million people. You don't have to raise your hand, but if I were to say, is there anyone here who has any type of sickness in your body In a crowd even this size? With people gone today, there'd be some of us who'd say, yeah, we got a little, you know, catching my get along or something, you know, right? But out of two million people, they can't find one. Now, when God restores and brings out, he brings out Amen. And he said, I picked this time, apparently it's sundown today. Amen. Exodus, do you don't have to turn to Exodus 12 because I, I like to give you references for your own study. Uh, Exodus 12, 37, 38 says there were 600,000 men beside the children, and there was a mixed multitude of people. So, 600,000 Israelis that God's bringing out. Many of them are married. And then they have children, and they have parents and grandparents. So there's upwards between a minimum of 2 million to 3 million people. And God said, I'm going to bring everyone out with silver and with gold and with raiment. I'm going to bring you out of this place, and I'm going to restore to you the back wages of you not being paid for 430 years. And the very one who oppressed you is going to pay the bill. Amen. Amen. I mean, how, how would you look at that way? You have been slaves. You're my people. You call for deliverance. They have mistreated you, and when people mistreat, someone's going to pay. So it says that God gave them favor with the Egyptians, and it wasn't favor in the sense of could would you help me. The favor is they're scared. Egypt is scared. Well, I mean, you know, some of y'all raise different way. I mean, my wife don't like critters around the house in the sense of, you know, I have to tell her if a lizard shows up, we don't have to move just because there's a lizard. We don't have to move. So, you know, if if frogs are in the house to that degree, and locusts in the house, we're gone. Buyer, no buyer. Bankrupt if we got to file it. We're gone. Or she says, "I'm gone." (laughs) You know. And if she can't close her eyes, she ain't gonna let me close my eyes. So here is these people that have been oppressed and under slavery for four hundred thirty years, and God says, "I'm gonna tell you to go to them, and they're and and you tell them what you want." He says, and they're gonna give you. A, I think it's Exodus twelve thirty twelve thirty six in the NIV. Said so the Lord caused the Egyptians to look favorably on the Israelites, and they and they. uh saw the Israelites, or they gave the Israelites whatever they asked for, so they stripped the Egyptians of their wealth. God says, I'm the one who starts the stripping. Now, so we're going into a new year. I get this whole message that I get to watch Sandy, and I'm just getting so excited, and I'm thinking, Wow. And, you know, on and Friday and Saturday, he, uh, matter of fact, at 5.11, I don't know why I woke up this morning. I didn't go to bed till midnight, so 5.11 ain't usually quite, ain't quite through. He said, wake up, got to get started. He said, today's the day. I told you today's the day. I was like, okay, today's the day. Let's wake up. <laughs> so it splashed water in my face. I said, okay, Lord, today's the day. I know you don't slumber no sleep, but I need some every now and then. <laughs> Just, a little bit more, but that's, that's, we're good. <laughs> we good. we we good right here. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and uh, so he's restoring to his people that which they've lost. Now, you understand their own rebellion, their own sin got them in this place. So here's the good news. You can miss it. But if you have a repentant heart, God's going to bless you and bring you back in and restore you, and keep you. You know, th- there's no such thing as ministering to people who haven't made mistakes. Hmm? I mean, you're our father Abraham, father of the faith, he, he, he made more than his share. Didn't he? You know, the Bible says when he went to Egypt, although he was told not to go to Egypt, I mean, the first thing he did was right. The Lord says, go from your father's house. He said, okay. So he goes. He said, go to land, and I'll show you. Just go. He said, just don't go to Egypt. Where's the first place he goes? That's the only place he told him not to go. But but now watch God. He gets there, and he realizes the beauty of his wife, even at that age. He says, the king's going to take her and want her for his personal harem. She must have. She was 75 then. That's usually not a problem. (laughs) they didn't have oil of lay and stuff like that, but anyway. So she, so and what what he thought, what he was worried about happened. So he just told her, made a deal. Before we get to Egypt, if they ask you, you tell them I am your I am your brother. Because you know if they uh, he'll want you, so he'll just have me killed. So here he is, and they do, and that happens just that way. And the king brings her in, and he sees. Well, I'm going to spend some time with this woman, and the Lord tells him that ain't. That woman right there, you live here alone. That woman is that man's wife. That woman is connected to me. You touch that woman, I'll kill you myself. I'm paraphrasing what God told the king here. Touch her, sucker, you're dead. And he started getting symptoms. <laughs> Lots of symptoms of death. <laughs> Coming on here real quick, and he not touched her but he's paying him back for even thinking about touching her. <laughs> so he wants to get this woman and Abraham and all these people traveling through a town. They're not even supposed to be out there. He says, so give him his wife back quickly. Give him gold. Give him silver. Give him raiment. Give him servants. Give him manservants. Give him donkeys. Give him cattle. Give him everything. Pay him. Make him immensely rich and get him out of here. So that's that's pretty good compensation for a mistake. Don't you think? And for somebody who lied, no, nah, just my sister. Hmm. Now in Alabama, you might have to do that because people sometimes marry the sister in Mississippi and in Alabama. But anyway, so if that's you, uh, you shouldn't do that. Okay. So here we see that everyone who was sick—that means if anyone's sick, he was healed. Now you understand. I'm not preaching to you a Bible story. I'm talking to you about your new, your new day, your new thing, your thing that's just about to happen exactly at sundown. If anyone's sick, they're healed. If anyone was lame, they were made whole. If anyone was blind, they were made to see. The older folks who were weak just by natural age, they were strengthened for the journey. God gave them supernatural energy, not through an energy drink. Hmm. They were going to go to the, to a land of more than enough, but there was no ambulances to get them there. They couldn't transport them, the sick and the lame. God provided no stretchers. He gave them no wheelchairs, manual or electric. They had no walkers. We have elderly people here. Now, do you believe the Bible? Two million people and not one person was feeble. Not one person was sick. That's massive scale. I'm taking over. Hmm? I mean, what's the percentage of finding someone with a little head cold out of two million? Pretty good, right? A lot of elderly people here. Bob says not one. Not one. Uh, they didn't pack any of their dialysis machines. <laughs> They canceled all their doctor appointments. No heart long machines. And even if they'd had those things, they had no need of them. Once again, because there was going to be no one feeble among them. And all this happened in one night. Don't tell me it takes long for God to change things. Don't tell me it takes long to turn your captivity. Remember, Psalms 126, when the Lord turned your captivity, you started dreaming. You started singing. You started saying, the Lord's doing great things. Yes. Yes. Now, the, the Lord, and we know this just from his character and from his word, but the Lord gave me by promise. He said, when I turned your captivity, he said, I'm turning everything in your heart that's connected to you. He said, when I get in your situation, I'll get into your family situations. He said, when I turn you, I'll turn your children. When I turn your children, I'll turn the children's spouse if they need turning. I'll turn the kids. I'll turn the finances. He said, I'll turn around their thought process and their ideas. I said, well, Lord, they have a will. He said, I know they have a will. I gave them their will. And I'll give them so many ways to see a new will. And if they reject me, he said, I'll send them back through the process again. He said, I'll wear them out if I have to until they will do what I want them to do. And he said, and they'll ask for it. He said, I'm taking over, and this is not a hard thing. It's an easy thing. Praise God. You know, Jonah, he had a will. And his will got him in a whale of a lot of trouble. (laughs) So in one night, the children of Israel ate the Passover lamb and applied the door to the blood post, remember, and to the lentils. And then the power of the Holy Spirit provided deliverance and healing and abundance and restoration. I mean, we got people here that's probably 70, 80, 90, 100 years old, who's very frail, who's gonna walk through the wilderness that Moses almost died to get to it. And these people are gonna go here with no assistance. Your life's about to change.
0: Yes, Lord.
1: things are about to turn around. Amen. Glory to God. Jesus is getting ready to come back. Yes. Before he does, he's got a great work to do. So obviously, he knows what we know. I, I think he does. Did y'all send him in letters and tell him what's, you know, what he needs to know? If we're going to reach the great harvest, we've got to have some health. And we've got to have some wealth. Right? I mean, if you have all the want to, if you don't have the health and the wealth, you're not going to do much. You might have a good heart, but if you don't have any money, and you don't have the health to go do it, you're not going to do anything. Well, if I know that, I'm sure he knows it. Right? Well, so... Now we're talking about a great recovery, a great restoration. Some says, what's my, "What's my part in this? Believe, just, just, just believe. And then rest. Listen for any instructions that He gives you. Because the Lord always, with every promise, he, he gives instructions. right? So at the beginning of this year, what he said to me that this is the year to what to possess the, the promise. So you start preaching things you know about that, what it shows you about that. But, I, but, uh, but Friday and then today and this morning, he said, today's it. He said, this is the day that I chose. And I said, well, well okay, it's cloudy outside. It's kind of, you know, whatever, you know. And what's, what's about today? And 10 minutes later, I watched her. Praise the Lord. Thank God for that. So we know that he did this in one night. We know that when Moses died, he was 120 years of age, right? We know that his, his eyes were 20-20. In other words, Deuteronomy 34-7 says, Moses was 120 years old when he died, and yet his eyes were not weak nor his strength gone. At 120. You didn't have a covenant like you do. In this covenant is protection. In this covenant is miracles, signs and wonders. And then God didn't deliver them, just defend them for themselves. He supernaturally defended them. They had the cloud by day and the fire by night. Remember that? And then he, he, he provided water for two million people to come out of a rock every day. I mean, you know, I, I just, we preached this years ago. Uh, one of the Army Corps generals said if we were fighting a war and we were in a place like they were what would be the provision for two million people and I ministered that years ago and uh, and he used like railroad cars to say if there was a railroad system it would take this many cars to bring in the firewood this much tanks to bring in the water this much to bring in the food this much to bring in this like and it was just astronomical numbers and, and uh, even the old movie, the, the Ten Commandments, when they they traveled overnight and went across, well, just the Army Corps General said, you know, the, the, these people weren't walk, walking two side by side. He said the only way you could do that, taking that many people across the Red Sea and where they know they passed, and they gave the dimensions of the of the of the from this bank to that bank for so long, and this is how many people. Then he said the opening had to be somewhere between five and a half and six miles wide. This wasn't a pig trail. And then the Lord split it, held it up, and put a major blow dryer on it. You're <laughs> right? And then, and, and then they just walked across. Wow. This is the same God. You're ever, you ever thinking about stuff like that? That God who did that is sitting in your chair with you living in your belly right now. Amen. Amen. So he performed miracles and uh, took him to the Red Sea. And you say, well, I don't know how he's going to do this. Well, you don't really have to know that because Psalm 77, that's where I started a while I go, didn't finish. Psalm 77 said, in these Psalmist 77, it starts off they're like, oh, he's talking up his motion around Oh my life, my life, oh my life, and all this kind of stuff. And then he said, then he began to think. Now wait a minute. He began to turn his thinking around. He said, now wait a minute. Well, but when I begin to think, he said, what th- who the Lord is and what He's done. All of a sudden, he got a he got a change of heart and a new perspective. In Psalm seventy-seven, you get down towards the middle, of the end of the chapter. He talks about Israel getting to the Red Sea and they seem to be trapped. But the NLT translation says God had already went ahead of them and he marked a path in the Red Sea in the waters, and he, he kind of popped a chalk line before anyone got there because he already knew where they were going to pass. He said this was a pathway to rescue that no one even knew existed. So you may feel trapped. You may feel there's no way out of your situation. You may feel trapped in your life. You may feel like you're trapped in a health situation or financial situation, relations or whatever it is. There, there's no way out. You've pursued every avenue and, and the pharaohs are coming upon you and the walls are closing in and there seems to be no answers and you've cried and I'm saying, but I'm telling you that today at sundown apparently starts a new day on God's calendar and this is how God wants to do. You know, in, in our country, we start New Year's resolution in our mind. I don't know. We, we just do that. People are more open to change on January 1st. You go down to the gyms, right? And and from January to about the middle of March, they're real crowded. Why? Because they're trying to get off all the weight and the extra pounds from Thanksgiving and Christmas, and so they're jam packed. I'm assuming until about March, if even if it goes that far, and then you can. There's more vacancy. Because the resolution, like, uh, what was my resolution? (laughs) (laughs) And when you said, I'll never eat pizza again, (laughs) you might as well go ahead and order you one. (laughs) If you said, I'll never have another scoop of ice cream the rest of my life, go ahead and get you a bucket. (laughs) Right? Because your flesh has a resolution, too. We want some more of this stuff. So if you ever felt trapped, have you ever felt trapped? Have you ever felt like my, I, I'm just stuck in life? Have you ever felt like, Lord, I pray to every prayer, but, but they're still this way, and I'm still this way, and they're still doing this, and I'm still having to put up with all this, and, I, and, and my job's still this, and blah, blah, whatever? Now, we don't want to complain, right? Because all we've got to do is send you off with a patch seed, and he'll take you to Peru, leave there for about six months, and you'll love your life. <laughs> You know, because he's had people, when he brings all these supplies to, to kids who are dying just because it's too cold, and he brings an $8, 10 blanket to save their life. And they say, where are you from? And, 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 and some of them say, he says, America. And they say, what's that? How could you be in the world anywhere not even having heard of America? So they'd like to have your life as it is. As hard as it seems to be to us. So we have nothing to complain. We're blessed. Right? But this country, and we have assigned assignment, we are the ambassadors of Christ, and we are the ministers of reconciliation. Amen. I'm supposed to be telling you, and you're supposed to be telling others, come to God, He has a great and wonderful plan for your life. You need Him. Repent of that and take Jesus Christ as your Lord, and God's going to reconcile, restore your life. Amen. It's the gospel. It is the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And so <clears throat> we are preaching these things. And so it, it, it shouldn't be hard to do that. So today is our day of reconciliation. Yes. Yes. Today is our day of restoration. Yes. And so there's a, there is a, you know, if you're going to uh, restore something, I was talking to Nick about this before the service, and of course Nathan would understand this. Sometimes we have all these things in our life. Sometimes they're hidden. Things that we've maybe had to live through as a, as a child or a teenager or, or or a spouse. Someone's been abused in any sense of the word. And there's been dings and scratches and we've covered them up. You ever moved furniture and it gets dinged here and there? Then we go get some what? Some scratch what? Cover. Well, it doesn't take the scratch out, does it? It just covers it, Right? I'm sure if, if you're in the, in the body and paint business, some people don't really want a paint job to pay for it. They just want him to go on and, and fix the 400 little spots on it. <laughs> you're like, no, just could you put some black right there and some out right there? And they circle all these places like, no, I can't afford a paint job. Just, you know, fill in all those little places. You ever had people want to do that? And I, I, want, I got some, could you fix mine? <laughs> Same thing. Well, it doesn't work that way. So to restore something is a stripping away. Right? So God's going to bring you into a new place, but before He can bring you into the new place, He's got to get rid of some old stuff. Amen. How many want to go to the new place? Yes. How many of know what's over in the news is good? Yes. But to bring you into something new, we've got to get rid of old. On, we've got to get rid of old ideas. Uh-huh. We've got to get rid of old concepts. Yes. We've got to get rid of old thinking. Yes. We've got to get rid of little bitty thinking. We've got to get rid of things like maybe God, you know, has done this to me to teach me something. Yes. Right? Just if you're a historian, you don't have to be a historian, but if you just studied revivals, you know that there's always been persecution in every revival, and who persecuted was the people from the last revival. Because God may emphasize this in this revival, but the new revival, He has another emphasis. He He's still reviving people. He's, he's still doing miracles. He's still bringing people unto Him. But His methods may change. His decision don't, but how it doesn't changes. He chooses a new method. There might be a certain emphasis, you know, with the revival. But the people were so entrenched in how he used them that when no one starts five years later, they think, no, 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 that can't be God because he'd be having you teach this. Well, he may not be having you teach this. He might be having you say this. And just because he didn't use you to reach them, right, doesn't mean that he wasn't in who is doing it. Right. So I have to be really cautious sometimes because I've been in services because the way God has trained me, the way He uses me, I'm, sometimes I'm with people who are born again Christians and they know very little word, very little word. I mean, the, you know, and, and I'm, not, I'm, I'm just saying they're Christians, but as word people, you're more word oriented, right? So we we tell people in a fix that well, the word says that, and you, and what you did, what you thought you've done is you give them the answer, and you did. But they're not as worthy as you are. So they're like, yeah, well, I know that, but I still feel like this. And I said, no, you didn't didn't hear me. I said the word says something, right? But they don't have the same uh, integrity for the word that you have of God's word. Right? Right. They're good people. They love God, but they're not as worthy as you are. So when you give them the answer, I mean, it's like in counseling. They say, well, I I get this and I got this. you You know, I'm not a professional counselor. I have no degrees in counseling. So this is about all I know to use. Amen. I mean, I don't have no Read or Digest book in there and stuff like that. I, you know, and, you know, sometimes the counseling people say, well, I, well, I, I know all that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know that already. Yeah. I said, okay, well, bye. I mean, I, I mean they said, well, I, I've tried that. It, you know, it didn't work. Oh, I said, well, let me go tell God. I mean, he, he don't even know it. <laughs> Dear God, your word don't work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You've been trying to come up short. <laughs> what you want me to pull out, Webster's or, or, or you know, the Reader's Digest, say, well, try this. Right? No, you you didn't try the Word, it tried you. Right? And that's not to put people under condemnation. I'm just saying the Word's the answer. The Word's the answer. If you apply the Word, the Word gets the answer. Right? Most people that I marry, I ask them all the time. I said, "Have you ever even read a book about marriage?" Well, think. Well, my mama, she had a tape. Yeah. Well, did you hear the tape? What well, kind of? And I always said, you know, if if something has such a failure rate as marriage does in America, among the the world and the church, something's wrong, right? If every other marriage fails in the first five years, that's a high percentage of failure. I I was joking when I married Pastor Billings and Miss Deborah. I said, All right, now I'm going to have to do some counseling. I said, It's going to take six months of counseling. (laughs) He said, I'm going to get me another preacher. I said, okay. (laughs) He said, Because I was going to pay your trip to go to the mountains for three days. I said, Well, maybe not so much counseling. Maybe more eating and recreation. (laughs) Don't you think that's a high percentage of failure? It is, right? Mm -hmm. Did you know that every answer is in here? And so the 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 it says uh, the the divorce papers decrease says they have to give a cause for it, and usually it's called what irreconcilable differences. We can't reconcile. So if we can't reconcile, we can't have restitution and we can't restore. What they really mean most of the time is that I've lost the feelings. and Because I've lost the feelings, I don't want to reconcile. Now, I, I, I know I opened up a big thing up there and there's all kinds of situations there. So don't get done any condemnation. Whoever you're married to, that's who you're married to. If they're four, number 14, that's who it is. Right? And in God, there is no past, so there is no 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Blast off. Hmm? This is the new day, right? So if you're number 14, don't go visit number 7. And say, you know, maybe I was wrong. You're wrong now. You're wrong now. Stay, put, read, become a student, right? Well, if you can fall in love, you can fall out. And if you fall out, you can fall back in. Right, God can restore all those feelings. He can restore all that, but it's based on the foundation of the word. If the foundation's not there, there's just there's nothing to build on. Amen. And so uh, the answer is there. So if anything had a fifty percent failure rate, you wouldn't do it. I mean, you, you've heard me preach this many times before. I mean, if I was said if a builder built a house, he don't know why. No one can figure out why. But every other house he builds, just after six months, it falls to the ground, and just hopefully you ain't in it. No one can figure out why. The building inspector has been there. We don't know why. But if this guy builds a house, every other house he builds collapses in six months. You, go, you want me to build your house? If you go to this restaurant, every other day they're open, everyone gets food poured. You want to eat there? No. You go to the dentist. We don't know why. He don't do anything wrong. He can tell him, But every other person he goes there, his hand gets a little unsteady, and that drill gets off, and it goes to the side of your jaw. Do you, you want to go see that guy on the wrong day? No. So we're, we're saying here, this something has a tremendous failure rate. But all we have to do is come to this book. We have to come to the integrity of his word. Right. And we have to apply that when we have no feelings. It's called faith and no feelings. Right. I mean, when you're when you need healing, you don't have the feelings of health. You have the feelings of sickness. Right. So what do you go do? You look for the answers of health. When you don't have any. That's all I'm asking. Is, isn't that the same? I don't like you anymore. You said this. You're mean. You're this. I can't get along with you. we got nothing in common. You said this. You said I do. You're not. You said I do. We're not. This. Mm. Boy, look at them. Hmm. So someone wakes up one morning, looks on the other side of the pillow, and they think, oh, my gosh. That looks like 40 miles of bad road.
0: <laughs>
1: well, see, it, it doesn't get there in one night. This is, these are daily choices and daily decisions, right? To love and to honor and to cherish and to respect, right? Yes. And if you would give as much care to your spouse as you give maybe to your automobile and give it an oil change just every now and then. And that what you do with your car. Well, certainly your spouse is more important, right, than your automobile, is it not? Sure, it is. Amen. Uh, let me get off that because I'm telling this. <laughs> Y'all going to get excited running around the room. T- Woo! Preach it! <laughs> we love that. <laughs> Woohoo! Yes, yes. All, right. All my exes live in Texas and I never go there again. Let's see. <laughs> so, uh, so when God does things, he's gonna do it, what we say on the grand scale. Now, these scriptures this morning is just, is just ones he gave me. And what I've written down is something that he gave me. Uh Joshua 5.9 is a scripture I was to share with you today. I see I have to write like this when I'm when it's almost church time. Then I have to hope I can believe I can read my right when I get there. <laughs> I kind of get more prophetical words about myself than I do with people. Joshua 5, 9 said, The Lord said unto Joshua, This day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off of you. Wherefore the name of the Lord is called Gilgal unto this day. So I looked up the word reproach, that means to find fault with, to blame, or to censure. Or to be the cause of blame or disgrace or to shame or show disapproval or disappointment. So when Israel was there in Egypt as slaves, they were not just physically beat down, but they were emotionally beat down. If you lived in a situation and in a relationship like this, then the person who is living in that type of reproach can very well become the victim. And when the situation goes on and it's perpetual and it goes on, the enemy is doing everything he can to destroy you emotionally, physically, in, in, in every sense of the word. He's defacing you. He's emotionally bringing you down to an absolute zero worth in your own eyes, but not in God's eyes. And then because of that situation, the shame is there. And then the guilt was there. And you'll even blame your own self sometimes for the things that someone else has done to you. And the enemy was well, it's because you've allowed it. And the Lord told them, I'm bringing you to the promised land. But before you can come into the promise, he said, I got to roll off the reproach of Egypt off of you. I got to roll off the slavery mentality off of you. I got to get the years of oppression and depression off of you before we can come into the promise. I got to get you out of your past. So it sounds something like this To everything, Ecclesiastes says there's a season, and to everything, there's a time and a purpose. So sometimes you are premature when you try to go before it's time. Sometimes you are premature to go public. Sometimes you're not ready. So if you go premature publicly, sometimes those out the outside will kill you. So God has hid you out and he said, David, you are hid in the cave and you are still anointed as the priest and the prophet, and the king. But David, you are hid out, but you will rule over Israel. Joseph, you're in a pit, but God has promised you a palace. You're hid out. Don't miss your time. Don't go prematurely. If you go prematurely, you won't have the ability, uh, to, to experience the promise of what I have in your life. Don't get discouraged just because I have you in hiding because any time God's going to do something wonderfully, amazingly in your life, He keeps you in obscurity before, before He brings you into... So you might feel like you've been hit out. You're in a new season. Amen. You're in a new time. Amen. This is the new day. Uh, go, go go to Isaiah 43. We, we, we let's look at it, and then we got to do something really quick. Some God sometimes He'll have us do something that seems foolish to the mind, but we're uh, but He's paralleling it with the spiritual truth. I mean, what does what does, a man comes to Jesus, he's blind. How does Jesus heal him? He takes a little dirt off the ground. He anointed it with what? Spit. Is that the formula? How many of you got a little eye problem? You're hoping you want healing at How many of you, you don't want me to use that method? <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling the spirit of Jesus come on me. I got that spitting on him.
0: <laughs>
1: All I can tell you is if you do that, it better work. <laughs> I mean, boy, it better work. <laughs> so if you come back to me and you got a black eye, just remember I told you it better work. <laughs> they brought a, a baby to the work that was dying, and he took the baby and he kicked it off the stage like a football. In a day which we live in, or any day. This day, hit that better work, huh? Because Alex Shinar'll be on your head. Ain't <laughs> that his name? He'll be on you like a rat on a Cheeto, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> it better work. <clears throat> <laughs> Behold, I do a new thing. Now, I know God doesn't think like we do in the sense of January 1st, I'll make resolutions. This is not a resolution. Remember where we started in Isaiah 33? I tell you the end from the beginning. My purpose will stand. No man will change it. What I say, I will do. And I've chosen the way, and I've chosen the who, and I've chosen the time. I had no idea, but you know, this was the new year on the Hebrew calendar. To God, this is January 1st to us. And God said, this is how I'm going to start my year. I'm going to bring you out. I'm going to start working restoration in your lives. I'm going to start restoring things that's been lost to you. I'm going to go to the very place that they shamed you and double shamed you. And the very place that you you've experienced the most shame in your life is the very place that I'm going to bless you. The very place that they cursed you, I'm going to bless you the very place that they took away from me, I'm going to bring increase into you, and I'm going to open up doors for you. You know, Revelation 3 says because of, uh, to the church, one of the churches, he says, he said, I'm going to give you the key because you've set your heart upon me. In other words, you've, you've made what was important to God important to you. And he says, I'm going to open a door for you that you can't open, and when I shut a door, no man's going to be able to open it. So doors are going to begin to open. Doors, say that with me, doors are opening to me supernaturally. Supernatural opportunities are being opened to me. God is restoring. He is replenishing. Now, now you do understand when, when God restores, you, you can't go to Webster to find out what God does. Because we have some craftsmen in this room uh, who work more in that that sense than these two men back here. You know, one does automobiles and one does mostly furniture, I suppose, right? And so you, you can take them to something that's been in a wreck or just old or broken. And a good craftsman, if he knows what he's doing, he'll take that thing and, you know, if you're give him some time. He can restore that thing and bring it back to its most natural beauty. Right? Amen. But you have to turn it over to somebody. And while somebody else is working on it, you got to be in a position of trust and rest. I, mean, I, I can't be asking this man to paint my car and make it look original, and I'm calling him every three hours, saying, you done? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, i got to have a car, man. <laughs> I mean, you you don't provide us a vehicle. <laughs> no, but I didn't provide you wreck either.
0: <laughs>
1: you wrecked it, not me, right? right. So if, if you want a master craftsman, a skilled craftsman to work on your car, you got to turn it over to someone that you trust, and then you got to come back, sit down, and rest. Right. right? Right. When I used to run the floor covering store, people would say with me. He "How much would?" How much would you, call if you come do this on your own time, I thought, what does that mean, my own time? They say, just come at night any time you want to, and I'll help you. And I thought, man, if you help me, it's three times what it would have been if you'd have stayed away. Because that ain't going to be no help. Right? How much, they're, they're going to help me. <laughs> then you say, I need so-and-so too. What's that look like? No, 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 you ain't going to be much help. Right? So here, so to restore, in God's, in God's point of view, is to make it Better than it was. Better than it was. Better than it was. So Matt, so what the Spirit of God says as I'm, is you're going into a new level. You're going into a new level. And it'll cover different areas. But the Lord is taking uh, charge of this financial area of your business. This is his time. This is the season. And many of your counts, starting today, when the sun goes down, they're going to have a spirit of increase on. You're going to have people who don't even know God. Their business is going to increase because your your stuff's in there. And so the Lord's going to increase your cash flow, and the favor's going to increase. But be, but beyond all that, the Lord's going to open up a door of increase to you in such a sense that. Uh, I don't know who, who these people will be. I don't know if it's in the same business. I assume that they probably are, but it could be other things. The Lord's going to open up some avenues to you, some ways to you that you've, you haven't had these opportunities. And, uh, you know, the, and as business people, you think, well, that'd be great. Well, the Lord understands cash flow and investment too. So he has a way to do that. And, and the Lord said, because you have been generous and you've had the spirit of generosity on you. You're a liberal giver. He said that I'm liberal too. Amen. He reminded me of Acts chapter 10 when when they said, "Was it about was it Cornelius?" And they said, "This man, uh, yes. he prays and gives much alms to God." Yes. And That's the Bible right. says his giving That's came right. up to God. That's, right. That's huh? right. Huh? Amen. He didn't say this man sent the prayer up and said, "Hey, don't you know what I'm doing?" No. His giving in the heart that he had as a giver. That rose to God himself, so your giving and the heart of your giving has got God's attention. God. So he said, I'm bringing you into a new realm, and I'm bringing you into a new dimension that you've never experienced before. Now, I, I don't know how to say this other than the way I hear it. He said, whatever you ask me for in the business realm, he said, I will give it to you. He said, if, he said, if you think it, I'll do it. Wow! If you just think it, I'll do it. It's almost as if what the Lord is saying because it's connected to the harvest that's in your heart for people in the ministry. You said, to do this, I need this in the business realm. So he said, if you ask it for that, he says, then I'll do it in your business. You tell me what you want to do for the kingdom and they ask me in the business realm and I'll provide the provision for it. He said, you just ask it. <laughs> now see... That didn't happen overnight. There's a there's a proven out period. There's a testing period. I mean, I would like that word for myself. Right? But have you been faithful in the little things? Oh, but I tithe every time I come to church. Yeah, but the problem is we can't get you here but three times a year. So that's 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 that's, that's, not, that's not faithful even in the little stuff. You got to watch. yeah, Behold, I do a new thing, and it shall what? Spring forth, shall you not know it? I'll make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, just as it, 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 if this is in your heart, and we're going to be ministering on this for quite some time, and others are going to be ministering on it, I think we need to stand up, if you will. How can we do this? Someone help me with this because um, what he instructed, uh, I think when, when it, last week what he instructed me was was he said don't preach this to individuals, just to individuals. He said I'm talking to the church. He said, but I'm talking to the family. He said, and I want you to minister. it to them, and I want them to minister it to the people I send them to and to your, your, your family and so on. He said, but I want it in the church. In other words, I want you ministering to you and you ministering to you and you ministering to you and you encouraging and so and so, and you, her, and she, him, and all this. And in other words, he says, it'll happen so much faster, so much faster, he said, to the exponential if you'll begin to minister it one to another. And simply just the way to minister it, very simple way is just it's just, a, it's just um, could could be a word of knowledge, but I'm not running around trying to get you to give words <clears throat> unless they're from the Holy Ghost. I've had enough parking lot profits in my years that I've had to straighten things out. So, but if it's from, if it's from the Holy Ghost, then you tell me, and if it flies by me, then we'll we'll go tell them. Okay, okay, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I've been to Bible school where these things, and you see the abuse, it ain't the Bible's a good fault. I, I've watched people who was came married and their spouse wasn't with them. They were at home, so they went to a Bible school by themselves, and they were sitting in their seated assignment, and here's the wife. And her husband's not there. And these two thinking, after about six months of going to school together, that maybe they should be married and maybe their spouse is holding them back from what God really wants to do so they get divorced while they're in Bible school so these two can get married. That's called double ignorant. Double dumb. That's a DD degree. I've got the ministry of DD degree, double dumb. Okay, so, but here, here's where we are. As we begin to minister this one to another, it's it's really the word. It's it's really released in a prophetical word, whether it's encouragement. I mean, you do realize that you could just read a verse, huh? And it be a prophetical word. Yeah. You realize that yeah. it, it's not. And the Lord says this. And the Lord says that. And this and they and, and anon and hitherto. That, that that's not. You could really just simply read a verse. You know, prophecy means to. Uh, it, it tumbles forth. It flows forth. Right. But the scripture is already anointed and it's already inspired. So I I could just come over here and say this and say, this is what the Lord wants to say to you, I believe. And I could just simply read the verse. Okay. The Lord said, this is what I'll do. And this is what I ask you to do. He said, I'll ask you to do a simple thing today. And if you'll do the simple thing, I'll do the hard thing. How many will do that? So somehow we're supposed to be linked together, maybe by hands or whatever, and we're going to take a step or two forward. Okay, I think the step signifies the new thing, but it stepped, it's step. It, 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 it's 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 like Lord, I, I hear you now. I'm, by faith, I'm I'm going to move forward with you. I, I, I'm taking a step out of old out of what you said we found out today is last year for God, and now we're going to step into the new, the new year, into to the new idea, into the new restoration, into the new provision, okay? And if we'll just do that, is no different than when Moses cried out to God about Egypt's behind me, and they're closing in. Remember when Moses cried out? You know what the Lord told him? The Lord said, why are you crying to me? I'm thinking, well, there's a few of the reasons right there. <laughs> right back there. <laughs> he said, well, what's in your hand? What's well, this rod? What you been doing with that rod, son? Oh. He says, you go do it. Isn't that amazing? God told, got back in Moses' face and he said, why don't you do something about it? Amen. So he put the rod in and he spoke. Now, we know God's the one that divided the sea, right? But the man... The man of God initiated it. So if you're ready to come out of the old, and you might be in a great place. This might be your best year yet. And I'm happy for you. But you haven't experienced all of it, right? So if you want to see a greater dimension, <clears throat> and, if, and if you're great in everything, would you like to be a tool in God's hand to bring people out who's experienced in devastation and bring them over into restoration? <laughs> would you like to do that? Yeah. would you, you like to stop some financial tragedies in people's lives?
0: Yeah.
1: Would you like to have some people who have no hope in in the area of of health and just be able to minister to them the Word of God, lay hands upon them and rearrange everything in their thinking and their body and they'll be totally healed and can enjoy their life? Right? Is that you? Is that you? So how do we do that? Do we all just come up here as we do and try to get a a line? Do we do it that way? We're going to make some more room for y'all. We're even going to let all the Auburn fans in. (laughs) the Lord's going to restore that and then you'll see. You'll know what's right then. <laughs> Just that. Can y'all see this? Now, now, now get a mental picture. So whatever's brought shame, where you feel stuck, where you've had disappointment, you know, you don't have to tell me that, you know where it is where you're ready for change, where you need restoration, where you need help, where you need to go into a new way, I want you to see yourself there, but I want you to see you take a step out of it. Okay? So how are we going to do that? Are we going to count something? Count to three? Let's just, take, let's just take three steps, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. One, two, three. One, two, three. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the new. Thank you for the new. Now, would you just minister to some people around you? Don't, don't, you don't have to preach to them. Give a sermon. We're not going to keep you here. It's almost time. But just, just bless them in Jesus' name. And, and if you have need, of anything, or they have need, of anything, then just speak, speak that blessing over them. Father, we bless this young man in the name of Jesus. Father, the Lord, th- restoring to him anything that needs rest- restoring in his life. Bringing him into the fullness of what you have for him. In Jesus, name. restoration over you. An increase over you. And the joy of the Lord. Father, everything that's important to her. You said you would perfect everything. You said you would perfect everything that concerns us. Everything. Everything. The easy things the hard things are being restored right now. And that which the enemy meant for harm, this thing is turning. It's turning right now. It's turning. Before the sun goes down, before the sun goes down, the hand of God will be upon these things in Jesus' name. Father, I just speak blessings upon the man of God. Blessings upon him. Restoration and increase, Father God. Changing and rearranging. Changing and rearranging. Everything that's important to them, everything, Father God, that connects with the will and the plan for their life, Father, I thank you now comes into alignment in Jesus' name. Comes into alignment, Father God, everything that comes, everything, Father God, that's important to him, everything to the plan of God for his life, Lord. Everything that's been hindering him, you go now in the name of Jesus. You're not part of his news. Everything that's of the old must go and everything that's of the new must come Yes, Father until, until there will be complete and total peace in Jesus name Father got all old all old all shame all shame must go all shame and despair must go it must go everything that's been said everything that's been spoken everything that they have said everything that they said is true Father you know the truth You know the truth. And Father, we walk away from every accusing, condemning word. And every word that's been spoken to her, every word that's been spoken against her. Father, we call every word that has been spoken that's not in line with your love for her. I curse those words and I command those words to fall in Jesus' name.